This week's Security Ledger podcast is sponsored by DigiCert. DigiCert is the world's premier high-assurance digital certificate provider, simplifying SSL, TLS, and PKI, and providing identity, authentication, and encryption solutions for the web and the Internet of Things. Check them out at digicert.com. Hello and welcome to the Security Ledger Podcast. I'm Paul Roberts, Editor-in-Chief of the Security Ledger. In this week's episode of the podcast, number 185. We've hit this black swan event with the COVID-19 pandemic. We need to be a little bit careful that a lot of this technology is being adapted, but we need to understand and make sure that is this secure? There needs to be a digital identity. It needs to be obfuscated. There needs to be a way to be able to encrypt that information. The COVID pandemic is remaking everything from family relationships to school and the workplace. It's also accelerating the adoption of technologies and practices that previously were looked on with some suspicion and concern. Take mass digital surveillance in countries like China. It's mostly seen as a tool of oppression, but it's also proven pretty useful in identifying the COVID sickened and tracking their movements in crowded cities. In the US, the private sector, including firms like Google, have stepped up to the plate to help manage both the logistic and data analysis challenges presented by the COVID virus. But as freedom-loving countries wrestle with the public health challenges of COVID, such as contact tracing, there are questions about how to do so while still respecting the privacy of individuals and their data. One solution, of course, is a greater use of public key infrastructure, or PKI, same technology that helps uniquely identify websites and web applications, not to mention the growing Internet of Things. In this episode of the podcast, we invited Jason Sabin, the Chief Technology Officer of the Certificate Authority DigiCert, into the Security Ledger Studio to talk. Sabin said that COVID presents unique opportunities to apply technology to solving big challenges, but that governments and companies have to be mindful of both security and privacy risks unless efforts to manage the spread of COVID produce a second epidemic of data data and identity theft. In this conversation, Jason and I talk about how DigiCert is adapting to the post-COVID world and how PKI technology might help facilitate public health initiatives like contact tracing. We also talk about how the shift to working from home has impacted demand for PKI services and about the evolving challenge of securing identity on the Internet of Things. Yeah, my name is Jason Sabin. I am the Chief Technology Officer at DigiCert. DigiCert is the world's leading provider of identity authentication and encryption solutions, providing large-scale digital certificate implementation and management for websites, IoT devices, a host of enterprise applications such as secure email, remote network access, remote document signings, and using PKI to be able to do very, very interesting type of solutions that are for your problems. We're talking in the middle of a global pandemic, the uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. And one of the really interesting use cases uh, that's come up or one of the really interesting applications of digital identity is been in contact tracing for countries that are interested in understanding um, who may have been exposed to somebody who's tested positive for COVID and uh, contacting those people, getting them to quarantine and kind of stopping the spread of the virus. Are there any interesting applications for digital identity? 
community around these kind of public health use cases? Yeah, I, I think that the theory behind co- contact tracing is is very unique. I mean, it's it's this original way to be able to determine how people are interfacing with others to be able to quickly track if any type of pandemic outbreaks is actually occurring in a specific area or anything like that. Uh, but the one thing we we do want to be concerned with is the security and privacy around that. That using these type of technologies. We've hit this black swan event with the COVID-19 pandemic. We need to be a little bit careful that a lot of this technology is being adapted, but we need to understand and make sure that is this secure? Is the privacy of not only the citizens within your own country, but across the various borders and globally? And that there needs to be a digital identity. It needs to be obfuscated. There needs to be a way to be able to encrypt that information. Oftentimes, you can use PKI uh, to be able to do that type of stuff, to be able to lock it down and and not just have it be so open. Since you could imagine one giant database or multiple versions of that database with just all this information in there of who you've connected with and everything else. And so very interesting in uh, the way that they're being able to do this, but also a little bit scary at the same time that, that we want to make sure we keep tabs on that. Yeah. And of course, everybody out there is aware of or has you know read news stories about these massive online data breaches and organizations, whether healthcare organizations or other organizations who have lost track of huge amounts of their customer or patient data. So if anything, I think people are probably predisposed to be highly uh, suspicious or wary of organizations that would want to um, you know, collect and track their information, even if it's for public health purposes. Very much agree that that there needs to be some type of setting or something that you can enable or turn on or before you upload any type of type of contact tracing that that it needs to be obfuscated, it needs to be encrypted, it needs to be secured and uh, done in such a way that that it's built with security in mind and privacy in mind and not just let's collect as much data as we can and hope it's okay. One of the really interesting kind of evolutions that that I've seen and and uh, you guys have I know are tracking is just how PKI and digital identity have evolved from again you know kind of uh, securing online transactions and communications to today where there are there's just a much broader spectrum of use cases both physical and and online um, and in particular. Um, a lot of attention now to um, supply chain security and ensuring the integrity, not just of, you know, discrete users on the internet or transactions, but of actually the kind of the components that make up the devices that we use, whether those are smartphones or industrial machinery or, or so on. And could you talk just a little bit about, first of all, what the problem and concern is there, and then also how the companies like Digicert are kind of modifying or adapting to that need with their, their product offerings and helping companies with this bigger physical supply chain challenge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you see so many products that I think we've all purchased products, or maybe you might remember you, when you purchased Windows 95 or or whatever it was that you purchased a version of Windows, and you had this seal of authenticity. It's like this cool holographic thing. It was very kind of showy, but we've hit into a realm where it's easy to counterfeit these type of things. I mean, it's just like physical money that they always are trying to advance that to figure out how to prevent counterfeiting. And now once you hit actual 
physical devices, things that you're doing that the counterfeiting is getting so good, you need to actually have a cryptographically secure method to be able to do that. And so what, what we're seeing is a lot of customers are using PKI to be able to do that. And if they're using a digital certificate to inject a digital certificate, which is cryptographically secured, or some type of, if it has some type of software component actually signing the code or something else underneath, that you're seeing this injection to be able to prevent counterfeiting using PKI and digital certificates to be able to do this. And so very, very interesting to see that maybe like an individual bottle of wine, how do you make sure that this Mm -hmm. is the authentic wine that that you had purchased and making sure that it came from the the specific farm who produced the grapes or anything else down to individual circuit boards and individual circuit components and so oftentimes in a manufacturing environment you're going to see where where some manufacturing facilities they could be stood up and then once they start to see counterfeit content or information coming in that area they can shut it down they use digital certificates just to revoke that inside of the individual circuit board components are actually injecting digital certificates to be able to verify the identity behind that. And, and then that kind of just grows from individual circuit components into the circuit board, into numerous components that pretty soon it's all wrapped up into one car, which might have digital signatures and identity injected throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, thousands potentially of, of different uh, uniquely identified parts and components uh, all talking to each other. Yeah, that if those components are talking back and forth and so they can vet the identity back and forth uh, by by a digital certificate that's being presented in similar to, to mutual authentication, that those two can vet the identity back and forth, verify where it's come from, um, or if someone's coming in to uh, purchase the car type of thing, that, that they can check the identity of those, that the, when a car is being serviced, they can verify that through a simple scan uh, of the system. This week's Security Ledger podcast is sponsored by DigiCert. DigiCert is the world's premier high-assurance digital certificate provider, simplifying SSL, TLS, and PKI, and providing identity, authentication, and encryption solutions for the web and the Internet of Things. Check them out at digicert.com. So you mentioned like wine bottles as well, uh, physical products, again, wine bottles, or you can think of Coke and Pepsi or something. You know, What would a um, digital certificate look like deployed uh, in the use case of a wine bottle or a case of wine or, or a, you know, a case of uh, Coca-Cola, for example? Yeah, yeah. It could actually be something as simple as, as part of the sticker or label uh, that could be stuck on. Some of them are actually injected it into like the cap. And so it's physically, you'd have to remove the cork or something else to be able to open it up. Since sometimes a label, you could actually still pull it off and place it on something else. But it's being used in, in numerous different areas in like bottles of water, wine or soda, like you had mentioned, either through the labels or some type of part of the, the actual packaging itself, the cork or things like that. So, I mean, I know, Jason, like one of the challenges historically with large PKI deployments has just been the complexity of, of rolling out uh, that infrastructure and, and then managing it. And I mean, as I understand it, that's one of the problems that you're trying to address with DigiCert 1. 
Yeah, that's that's a great question, Paul. That that is something that historically you have seen this any PKI project is taking multiple months to be able to deploy. Uh, for Digicert, we've been figuring out how to do that much much quicker, and it's so fast that we can actually we've deployed instances of our Digicert One platform on premise and customer environments in under an hour, and so that's it's pretty crazy to be able to do that from a multi month process to with Within an hour, we've got you all set up. We've got you ready to be able to issue digital certificates and being able to start solving the the specific problems that, that you have. We've seen such a um, you know with COVID, um, we've seen such a huge shift in just the the way that organizations are are functioning. You know, obviously, big shift to work from home and so on. I'm I'm interested. Is, has Digicert? Have you seen anything? You have an interesting kind of view of of things just through your infrastructure. Has the shift? to work from home uh, had an impact in, in your work and in how people are consuming your services? <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that it's definitely impacted everyone across the globe. And like you mentioned, everyone sees it slightly differently. Uh, for us, we are very well set up to be able to, we had remote work, we had the remote capabilities. And so it was just a quick shift of being able to expand that scale. What we found is a lot of customers were not prepared for that. And so they've had to do considerable amount of work to be able to get prepared, to be able to allow employees working from home in that type of environment. I think in the tech world, we already were looking at that type of stuff. So it was easier for most of us. A lot of customers were using digital certificates like client certificates for mutual authentication to access VPN devices or other type of infrastructure devices. And so we've worked with a lot of large enterprises who have been stuck in very difficult situations to say, help, I'm stuck. I don't know how to do this. PKI is is difficult. Do you have tools to be able to wrap around this that we can quickly deploy this? And so we've seen a, a large expansion in our enterprise PKI offerings to be able to do those type of services to enable their employees. And so it's it's definitely something that has been exciting to see that not only were we able to shift our own employee workforce, but helping these large enterprises being able to shift yeah. their workforce to be able to work globally remotely from home. And and my guess is, and I'd be interested in your thoughts, that, that even when the pandemic has, has passed and is over, um, some of those things are not going to revert, right? We're going to see some of these trends continue on even when there's no public health need. Yeah, I think so. I think that there's a lot of, of executive teams that are now looking at this to say, okay, what's the productivity output that we've gained from working from home? Has it been a decrease or increase? And determining that that the executives and leaders of these companies are evaluating this to say, well, what works best for them? And that this has been this huge push to say, now we all are working from home. Are we seeing higher productivity gains? And should we shift the work to that that type of thing more permanently? One of the interesting things that I think as we, as we move deeper into this, you know, kind of IoT, Internet of Things environment is dealing with uh, long-term use cases as opposed to short-term use cases, right? So um, not, you know, 18-month or two-year, you know, smartphone refresh cycles, but supporting connected smart devices over periods that might span decades, right? Home appliances and automobiles and things like that. And my sense is that that's still kind of a open question for many uh, like OEMs and manufacturers as to how they're going to handle questions around deprovisioning devices, um, both from the sort of data privacy and security standpoint, but also 
um, the stuff that we're talking about of managing the device, what is their thinking about how these um, digital certificate infrastructure and other uh, kind of security and integrity, supply chain integrity features age and can expand to support not only the needs of the of the manufacturer and the creator of the device, but also of the owner and uh, you know potentially uh, independent professionals and and uh, the community at large. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very interesting question and interesting topic. We have been working with with a lot of these major like appliance manufacturers or other different type of IoT devices to medical devices uh, to to determine how does that look in ten years, twenty years? Because, like he said, we we have an advantage in the technology space in things are rapidly changing very, very quickly. Like you said, our phones we replace every every couple of years. Well, you don't replace your fridge every couple of years. You don't replace an MRI machine that a hospital is, is using to save lives every every even 10 years. Sometimes it's even longer. And so we don't want to interrupt that, but we still want to be able to, to help out with, like you said, the deprovisioning, the reprovisioning, the ownership uh, of who owns that. And we've been focused on on that area for, uh, I think you and I have talked about this for, for a few years now. We've been working with a lot of people to be able to design what those solutions look like going forward uh, over like that 10 year plus mark and being able to inject a digital certificate to say, okay, here's a new person that, that now has ownership of this. There's no reason you can't issue a new digital certificate which is injected into the device uh, with new identity information that now that can be tracked to say, okay, this car has been sold from per- the original owner to now the second owner or the third owner or the fourth owner. Same type of thing with salvaged parts or sold parts, replacement parts, that you can still control that counterfeit fitting aspect as well as being able to determine to say this is a part that that has been certified to work with this automobile i if it's like you mentioned a secondhand part or something that's been serviced or repaired that there's a lot of uses that people are are looking at anew to say how can i use pki to be able to do this and we're helping customers be to be able to do that to listen to what their problems are and helping them design these solutions that are cryptographically secure that can support support uh, their systems for, for the long term, uh, if that's 10 years, 20 years or longer, that, that we're, we're working with a lot of customers to be able to do that. So very interesting. I think that is one of the real challenges because obviously, you know, a company like yours, you know, your your customers are often the OEMs. But as you said, the actual community or the the audience is is much larger than that and does include, you know, their customers and regulators and other interested parties, right? And uh, and often it's it is hard to get all those people at the same table. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely you're seeing a lot of this like device metadata type of thing, being able to connect all this different type of metadata, especially over the life of the device and being able to to incorporate that. Uh, we're working with large consortiums, uh, industry standards to be able to identify what this information should be. Uh, for example, with medical devices, uh, we've been focused on on that area for I think you and I have talked about this for for a few years now, and you're starting to see that actually be 
becoming a reality, that they're looking at this stuff to say these devices like MRI machines have to live for 10, 20 years. And how do you kind of incorporate that device metadata be able to do that, but still working with the entire industry to understand what their pain points are through the industry, to understand the device manufacturer's viewpoint, to the hospital's viewpoint, to the doctor's viewpoint, and, and everyone in between. Okay, so what should we look forward to from uh, DigiCert in the months ahead? Uh, for us, we're we're continuing pushing on our modernization of PKI. We're pushing on our DigiCert One platform. We're introducing new products to be able to solve the solutions that that customers are looking for. That people are really realizing that that there's not many options to be able to solve some of these very different types of new workflows, capabilities with IoT for their security and identity needs. And they're they're coming over to say, hey, DigiCert, what do you have? And so over the next few months, we will continue to announce new products, new workflows, new capabilities with our DigiCert One platform and services. Jason Sabin, CTO of DigiCert, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us on the Security Ledger. Yeah, thank you, Paul. It's been great. Jason Sabin is the Chief Technology Officer at DigiCert.